Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beer Ladies podcast. My name is Tandy, and we have a full house today, which is awesome. So we've got Katie, Lisa, and Christina on the mics, in your ears and on your YouTube screens, wherever you are. So hello, friends. Hi. And, uh, you you know, after our uh, smash hit, not really, but, you know, podcast of Belgian beers, intro to Belgian beers last week, we thought we'd finally stop procrastinating and hit us hit us up with a style guide on saisons this one has been on our list for months friends months and um you know what it's summer it's a bit of a summery style and we had a bit of an intro to belgians last week so why not we're going to talk about saisons and as usual deconstruct a little bit of you know where it came from a bit of maybe history and lore around it uh, how you might brew one what they taste like and then you know pepper it along with um, a bunch of our own anecdotes and and preferences and as usual stories tangents that's the way we roll Okay, so before we showcase maybe a couple of saisons that we're drinking, let's just remind everybody at home that we are at Beer Ladies Pod, wherever you want to find us. That is on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, obviously, um, Instagram, Mastodon, sometimes even on TikTok. And our website is beerladiespodcast.com. Our full back catalog is there. So if you feel like you've missed something, go on, go have a look. They're all there as well as on YouTube and your podcast catcher, your player. So and thanks for the support. It's always, always fun to, to hear your, your thoughts on our episodes. We do love it, mostly on Twitter. Okay. All right, friends, uh, you know, admin out the way. Let's do what you're drinking, Saison edition, or not, as it may be. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go with uh, Katie first. Yeah. I'm going to be shocked because <laughs> I haven't got a saison. <laughs> and I probably could have found one, but I didn't look very hard, to be honest, because it, it I don't know, it's, it's not my favorite style, but maybe I just haven't been drinking the right saisons. Mm. I'm very limited saison experience. So what I am drinking is a beer called, ooh, can you see that? Coffee Legs. Mm-hmm. Oh, which it's is a, a co- It's a coffee IPA. Did we oh. mention this a few weeks ago? Coffee IPAs? We did. We did. It's from Hopfully. 
um, and it has it's brewed in collaboration with Grand State Coffee Roasters. Artwork by Sarah Maloney. Yeah, it looks like a rabbit. Someone in a rabbit. Darko vibes. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Darko vibes. Yeah. Intense yeah. Donnie Darko vibes. And I don't know what's in the hat. It's a coffee pot coming out hmm. of a pulling. So rather okay. than pulling a rabbit out of a hat, you're pulling oh, that's a coffee cute. pot out of a. You have a rabbit pulling a coffee pot out of the hat. And it's quite pale, mm. uh, opaque. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. What does it taste like? It's strange. Okay. It's different. <laughs> it's it's like it's an IPA, but it's got like all of this other stuff. It's not like coffee, coffee. It's it's oh, it's a bit more subtle. Okay. Coffee vibe, but it's mm. definitely there in the background. Yeah. Mm. There we go. That's I'm very interesting. This. Nice. Lisa, what have you got today? So I, I did go around looking for some Irish examples of the style because I know there's a new one out, a new Whiplash Meskin collab. And I know last week we shouted out our friends at Meskin because they make amazing Belgian style beers. And I know they also have just their own Saison. Usually I can find it locally. I could not find either one of those locally. So instead I, I've gone with the the classic. I've just got, you know, old school Cezanne DuPont, but got like I was saying before, every time I have it, I forget how good it is. And it's just so lovely and, and beautiful and perfect really for this very warm weather we're having. And I think it looks super, super golden in my um, glass. It's actually a little bit darker than that, but it's, you know, it's got lots of, uh, lots of white bubbles, very effervescent and just that, you know, sort of lovely and dry and Moorish. So very, very <laughs> excited that I found uh, yay, the single bottle of Saison Dupont. Otherwise, I might have picked up a couple. So we'll talk about this, though. Mm, indeed. All right, Christina Friend. Um, I am not actually drinking, but um, <laughs> let's pretend like I'm drinking because I went to Belfast this past weekend with uh, Lisa and uh, two other of the beer ladies. We did a beer ladies trip up to Belfast. And we were hosted by the very lovely uh, Belfast Women's Beer Collective. Um, shout out to Jennifer and Annie, who we met, um, who helped organize all the amazing things that we did. And one of the things that she organized was we did a brewery tour of Bull House Brewery on the Friday. Um, so thank you so much to Bull House Brewery for, for hosting us, for the lovely barbecue, for learning all about your beer and teaching us everything. And then we went to Bull House East, which is their tap room in East Belfast on Saturday where we met Jennifer and Annie and the women uh, Belfast Women's Beer Collective. So I have um, this amazing coaster that um, I swiped from Bull House East. It's, it's cardboard. But um, I really, really like their branding um, with the little skull and everything. So I can't wait till they get merch because I am so buying that. Um, really, really loved their beers. Um, if I was drinking something right now, it would probably be the void that they have, which is their black IPA, which I mean, I'm sure if anyone follows the show, you're not surprised. Christina <laughs> likes black IPA. Um, but I was really impressed with their beers and the staff in the brewery and the staff at the pub and the workers of the brewery and just everyone was just so lovely and so nice and the beer was really good. So thank you so much to Bullhouse and I can't wait to look for your beer locally and pick some up. Mm. here here and i'll just add on that too they're about to have their first birthday celebration they're getting set up in the tap room there it was beautiful 
just everything shiny and and new. And again, that black IPA was gorgeous. The void just ooh so good. And they have a hand pump, so there's also stuff on cask. So again, shout out to any tap rooms you know who may say, should I put in a beer engine? Yes, yes, <laughs> please do. But uh, yeah, lovely warm welcome from them. And we, we also went to uh, the Sunflower. I've got one of their new t-shirts on today. So repping, uh, repping that as well. But uh, we went we went all over. We did all the beery things in, in Belfast. I'm sure we still missed something, but I think, you know, again, wonderful company, wonderful warm welcome from everyone. And we had gorgeous weather. So how often can you say you go to Belfast and you get gorgeous weather? I'm gonna say the Belfast Women's Beer Collective just made it happen. So <laughs> shout out again. Oh, that's awesome. I'm very jealous that I didn't go to Belfast, but you know what? We'll we'll do the things again. And yeah, Christina, I'd love I'd love it if you could describe that branding on the coaster for those listening because right. it really is pretty. Sorry. So on one side of the coaster, it's like a rainbow and then like some really cool trippy mushrooms that remind me of um those velvet posters with the <laughs> designs on them. There it's really really pretty like pastel-y kind of neon-y colors. Like it's actually stunning. It's really, when I said the velvet painting that might make you think tacky, it's not tacky at all. It's actually really, really pretty. Um, and then the other side they have their logo, which is this um, skull with pops, leaves coming out of the top of it. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I just love the colors. I like the sort of juxtaposition of like the skull with the bright colors. I really, really like that. Um, I'm sure everyone's surprised by that. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really like the branding and our, the brewery, like the tap room itself is really, really nice as well. Like really bright, well lit, it has a nice garden in the back. It's very, very welcoming. Um, really like the space, really like the brewery, I really like the people. Big oh, fan. And did I hear that they're going to be distributing uh, this side of the border as well? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so they signed up with Four Corners. Cool. Um, so I've seen them they they're in the case more. yes they're in the case at Martin's uh and I think I've seen them at Craft Central as well for anyone in Dublin uh and they were also at uh Rascals Festival the other week I had a chat with uh, your man behind the bar about that so that was uh lovely um sounded like he was slightly the worst for wear after the second day but uh it, <laughs> a good time was had by all and I think yeah great way to kind of get the an awareness of their beers down here so Amazing. It was really cool when we did the tour because they did they told us that they did most of their sales in kegs. So now that they're you know gonna I guess have lots of cans and stuff here, which is really exciting. But it was just really nice to learn about them and, and what they're doing. And yeah, big fan. Can't wait to drink some more of the beer. Mm -hmm. Here, here. Love it, love it. All right. So back to Saison territory. Uh Lisa Snap. <laughs> I've got to say it's as well. Um, and it was a bit of a lucky find. You know, sometimes I go to my local O'Brien's and they've got a they've got a lovely selection, but you don't always find a lot of Belgian beers except for yeah. maybe a Lefe Blonde. But the other week when I was going and finding some Belgian stars, I wasn't really sure what I was in the mood to drink for the podcast. So I just bought like six random things and this one was one of them and I thought I'm going to save it for today but I haven't opened that one yet because I did want to give a shout out to Rye River and um, this is one of the only saisons that you can find almost all year round in fact probably all year round and it's one that you find it little so it's the crafty brewing company they're, you know, they're a Rye River um, brand or subsidiary um, and it's a Belgian style saison and it's got an amazing price point, you know, obviously about 
probably two euros a bottle. Um, and it's a big bottle, you know, 500 mil odd. And um, it's it's a hell of a nice, you know, it's a hell of a nice start for, for a saison. Especially, I think, I think this is, you know, we'll probably get to more of this, but this for me is a sort of user-friendly <laughs> saison, <laughs> as in it's not... It's not super farmhousey, not super rustic in any kind of way. It's it's got enough of the, the interesting spices and flavors without it being a lot. Um, so I think this is a, a bit of a 101 style for me anyway, for a saison, which is lovely. Now, I don't know if this one is bottle conditioned because at most saisons, if if you find in them in a bottle are bottle conditioned, it's one of those things that's part of the style. So I'd be interested to know, but regardless, very nice. Um, and my very tiny amount that I'm drinking of this before I open my Saison de Pont is, you know, bright gold. It did have a lot of um, head and, and effervescence and, and carbonation, but bright gold. And it's got some sort of almost fruity, funky, spicy notes to it. And yep, but dry and bready, which is, well, there it is. That, that's it. Saison style guide. Done, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before before we move on, I will I will say quickly, like, uh, you know, as the seasons are changing, folks, check out your Lidl's, your Aldi's. There is there are some bargains to be had. I know Connemara is now available at uh, mm -hmm. Aldi. So I know uh, on the neighboring island, people can sometimes look down on beers you can get at supermarkets. But here we're excited yeah, when oh, beers awesome. <laughs> are available in our local supermarkets. I think it also drives sales in the pubs, other places. So we're thrilled about it. So um, you know, go back and listen to our, our interview with uh, with Anya from Connemara from from back in the day. But again, excited to see their beers more widely available, just as we're excited to see Bullhouse beers available down here. And again, you can get some really good stuff at your Aldi or your Little for not too much money. So do do check it out. And it, I think is it is it sad that it's like the highlight of my day if I find like, <laughs> yes beers in Little and Aldi. This is like. Oh my God! I got to leave oh. home and go to the shop, mm -hmm. and oh my God, they had beers that I. They, they don't You've been rewarded. Yeah, I know. Totally. I really need to get far more exciting in my life, don't I? <laughs> Nonsense. No. <laughs> well, I will say that um, I couldn't go to Belfast because I was at my sister's fiftieth. Shout out to my sister Yvonne. Happy birthday! Yay. And we were in Castle Bar. And there was a bar there, bar one we went to that had Meskin on tap, Ooh, had Kinnegar. Kinnegar on tap and good. had real deal on tap. And the food Ooh. was delicious and they also had lovely cocktails. So oh, that's there good to go. hear. Wow. Yeah, we want to that's see more wonderful. people supporting local breweries. That's wonderful. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I checked them in on that. Is it Drink Irish app? Oh, yes. Good, good. Updated yeah. oh, us. Nice. There we go. So there well we go. Done. Well, I didn't have grand plans this weekend, which is not, you know, I that's I've got no excuse for not going to Belfast, <laughs> except that I did brew a beer. I did. Hey. I did. I brewed a pineapple goza. Well, the pineapple's not in it yet. It's going to go in this week, but I brewed a goza. First time I'm brewing a sour. And so I was very excited about that. And it was, it was an effort. It was a good thing. So I'm glad <laughs> I did that. Very good. Anyway, it's not Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm well, still inviting myself over to your house to drink it though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm hoping it comes up nicely. We'll see. All right. Well, anyway, let's get back to saisons. What on earth is a saison anyway? Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about where these things come from? How do we know about them? What kind of beers are these anyway? 
So you'll see a lot just sort of farmhouse beers, although that as a kind of label, it looks like actually gets applied to it much more recently, maybe more like the 1980s, but we'll, we'll circle back to that that point. But we only have really good sort of written documentary evidence for them from kind of the very, very, very late 19th and then sort of mid 19th century. We're looking at Wallonia, so the French speaking part of Belgium. But, you know, again, this is something that would have been, you know, brewed on this very sort of small scale on farms for the farm laborers. And, and that that's a sort of very specific point, too, is this is something that, you know, there wouldn't have been necessarily a set recipe for, but they would have wanted to brew something that, you know, wasn't too strong. Cause like we were talking about in our, in our sort of uh, intro to Belgian beers, you know, people needed to go up and, you know, do the farm work, drink this without, you know, becoming a hot mess and then, you know, being able to carry on. But it's, it's a really interesting thing in that, you know, a lot of this is kind of based on sort of oral tradition more than anything written down and there's some really interesting stuff and we'll put some links in the show notes about kind of where beer de garde which is kind of the french version sort of veers off from saison because they sort of it's the same idea you know sort of a farmhouse ale and they sort of veer off in general directions but one of the really interesting things i i read was that originally the thought is that they would have had these very 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 long boils and that it would have been a much darker malt so you would have had almost a brown uh beer and of course the ones we see now tend to be this kind of golden or an amber as well and we'll we'll probably chat a little bit more about that but um you know and again this is sort of kind of an you know this sort of farmhouse again in air quotes tradition up until kind of the early 20th century and then we don't really get like your classic Saison de Pont until the 1940s, 1950s. And even then, it's just kind of very much a local thing. And, and in fact, Saison de Pont itself would have gone away had Michael Jackson not got the people who went on to uh, found Almagain Brewery to import it to the United States in the late 1980s. But, you know, even uh, Saison, you know, you know, the DuPont Brewery was like, eh, it's not our biggest seller. We don't really care. Do we want to keep it up? And it just became such a big seller that it it sort of went back out. And I was really trying to look up like, when did it start getting kind of exported to other parts of Europe? And it looks like, although I haven't found this for certain, that it ends up kind of going sort of via America. Like it doesn't go kind of first to say Germany or the UK or, or even here. It kind of goes to America in the 1980s, kind of takes off and then comes back. And then you get a lot more kind of modern day saisons. But that said... There are others around too. And I think there's this whole question of, is it something, and we'll, you know, we'll get into this, that should be very funky, you know, with kind of your Britannomyces, or should it be kind of more, you know, like your Cezanne de Vente, which is very much, you know, for a modern palette, I would say. So doesn't have that kind of funk, but something Mm -hmm. like a Phantom, which is another kind of, I would say, you know, big, relatively speaking, Cezanne uh, brand does have that funk and is much stronger. So even within that, there's this really broad sort of variation. And I think there there was a time, and it probably still is, where saisons were kind of like IPAs, where they could be a little bit of a catch-all for whatever people wanted to make. And there are certainly breweries in America that do this, and, and probably Canada as well, to a certain extent, where I think they do have that kind of saison tradition where it's their own sort of in-house yeast and kind of their own takes on things, and they'll use other kind of um, sort of seasonal ingredients, if you like, to kind of get that sort of spring summer kind of flair. But I, I think people have also just thrown whatever they wanted in the kettle and said, "Let's see, it's a saison." So I think you know we start off with this very sort of 
you know, sort of, uh, sort of francophone beer, but then it, it, it kind of goes all over the place. And, I, and I've got the, uh, the, the, the ginormous, you know, uh, Oxford companion to beer. And there was one bit that I, I thought was particularly funny um, where it says modern saisons defy easy categorization. And it's like, that's a, a bit of a, <laughs> that's, that's about right. Bit of an understatement <laughs> there. So I thought it was just uh, very interesting there. And also things like no one alive can be certain of what a typical saison tasted like several centuries ago, but we can assume they were different from modern versions. How different is anyone's guess? And so, mm. you know, again, they really make the point that these are all sort of made by, you know, probably the farmer's wife and her sort of servants, if, if you like, for, for whatever they had around at that point. But again, sort of long story short, these are all very sort of individual, but what we have now are kind of very distinctive, um, I, I would say at least the brands that are out there. But again, I think we have some that veer toward this very sort of, you know, dry, but, you know, peppery kind of thing, like a Saison de Pont. But then we have these others that are kind of funky and weird and then others that have got all sorts of stuff thrown in them so Tandy you've probably got a better idea from kind of the brewing end but I feel like mm. for a while you, know, you can kind of call a lot of different things a saison so exactly that so I think it's it is one of those things that it probably started out or at least it got into the zeitgeist as being one kind of beer you know and the one kind of beer was this sort of French farmhouse slightly funky, rustic, hospelangity, um, interesting beer that had lots of kind of lots of carbonation, uh, very dry and um, a bit of fruitiness, you know, and it's, you know, if you could almost picture the, the Saison template, that's, I think, what would come up. But realistically, it's not really like that anymore. They, you know, as you said there, Lisa, you know, Saisons were farm beers in, in as much as every single farm had its own recipe and they used whatever ingredients were on hand. So, you know, in some cases people talk about um, Pilsner, if you bring one now, Pilsner malt is gonna make up most of your, most of your uh, grains. I'm getting a phone call, we'll ignore it. <laughs> so Pilsner malt makes up most of your grains and there is even some debate because you know two row versus six row and mm. these are all different kind of seasonal varieties and different varieties of Pilsner malt so you get a lot of people that might be quite sticky about all the different things but realistically people used what they had they used spelt they used rye they used wheat they used oats and they used some sort of pale malt some sort of pale barley and um, because really a saison is just a pale ale it's just a parallel what makes it interesting and different to what we know as new world parallels is the yeast the yeast is the really interesting thing about saisons um, and there's lots of varieties but the yeast often people talk about um, getting the the dupont yeast and there is now a commercially available yeast that comes from dupont and has been you know now bred out to be the dupont yeast that's one of the more common yeast that you'd use but the yeast is what makes a saison it gives it you know spicy fruity interesting characteristics with lots of depth and complexity and um, a saison without the yeast would not taste at all like what we know a saison to be so that's the kind of key ingredient as for the rest you know we're talking about a mix of grains you can get dark saisons you know you can get you can get red saison so using different colored malts munich or vienna to give it um, redness or maltiness some can be a little bit more malty or malt forward 
I'd probably stick to the ones that don't use a lot of malt forward, uh, really multi grains, but eh, that's just me. Um, but most of the time, when you're talking about yeah, Cezanne and its varieties, you're just talking about a pale, very effervescent, it should be very effervescent um, ale, it's not a lager, and it should be very dry. That's one of the sort of, one of the characteristics is that it ends quite dry and um, yeah, spicy, fruity, complex, sometimes funky, sometimes not. Um, there is some, I guess, history to say that there would have been bread in a lot of them because it would have been aged in oak barrels. Uh, but a lot of brewers now don't use bread. And in fact, in the BJCP, you you can't enter a Brett treated saison as a saison. You have to enter it into a different category for wild ales. So, you know, doesn't make it not a saison. It just won't be categorized or judged against traditional saisons. Yeah, yeah and I, th I think that's an important thing too, is that there are certainly some places that still carry on that tradition of kind of throwing in whatever is sort of seasonal, like um, Cloudwater in Seattle is right next to uh, Pike Place Market, so they will get whatever is fresh in the market. So that saison is always changing because they will put in so like lemon verbena or you know whatever happens to be available mm. kind of that month, if you like. And some of them are just phenomenal, and I, I think it's it's interesting. And I've seen that in a couple of other places too. Although that's the the one that comes to mind for me is if they have something you know fresh available that they can put in that's going to change seasonally it's nice but you it's good too when they've sort of tried it and dialed it in to make sure it works because there was a, mm -hmm. a period of time in kind of the I would say mid-2000s where at least in North America everyone was brewing saisons and I would say 50% of them tasted like lotion like it was just yeah. it was bad it was oh, it's gross and it was you know again they were the, it was from the yeast you know it was something about you know they would get something some kind of saison yeast and i'm going to air quote for people at home a saison yeast that probably wasn't <laughs> the saison default one but or maybe it was a you know a cousin of it if you like but something would go wrong and i was like is it just me but i had other friends who'd be like no it, you know you're right these taste like lotion and there were ones that were so good phenomenal hmm. and then there was this other category that was just kind of muddy and tasted like lotion and so for a long time I was very fussy about only drinking saisons from you know the, the small subset of people I knew who did super good ones because I'd gotten burned by people who might have made other beers very well but for some reason couldn't just couldn't quite hack the saison so it's I think it's also sort of deceptively simple too you think oh farmhouse ale that anyone can do this and that's it's not so simple so mm. It isn't quite so simple. And there's a lot of, you know, home brewers and commercial brewers alike will have lots of different ways to make a saison happen. But um, within homebrew circles, there's always a couple of things that get tossed around, you know, as to what makes the best saison. And one of them is, do you age it for a long mm. time or can you drink it quite fresh and young? Um, because the lore goes that it was brewed sort of towards the end of winter and you would only drink it you know, almost harvest time, so towards the end of summer. So it has, you know, a longer aging period um, as the law goes. We don't really know, you know, I certainly don't know if that's all completely true. But um, so there's some debate as to um, when you make it, how long should you age it for? You know, can you drink it after three weeks or do you leave it for a year? Um, and I think that aging it probably helps. I don't know that it would make it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's probably helping if it was going to be good anyway. And then if not, it 
it may mellow it out if it was, you know, if it wasn't amazing. So mm, it's an interesting question though, because I do feel like there are a lot that are very fresh that you do want to drink right away. Again, thinking of some of your smaller producers, but uh, no, it's hard to say though, because there are others that are, you know, like your classics, you know, I feel like you, you can forget you have a bottle of Saison de Pont and find it, you know, six months later and it's lovely and fine. So just yeah. kind of all depends. And I think it depends on what's been thrown in as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I've I've had a I had a cucumber saison. It was brewed by Treaty down in Limerick. Huh. Yeah. And it was very refreshing, but I don't know if that would age well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah, I could see that being good fresh, but yeah, same. I don't know how that would be, yeah, six <laughs> months later. I've had a cucumber sour or a cucumber goza. I think it was a goza actually. And that was delicious because something, you know, with the salt and the cucumber, oh, it was divine. Um, that was interesting. I'm not sure I'd go for a saison. I, but maybe only because the yeast has got its own, you know, it adds so much flavor to the beer that I, I wonder if cucumber would get drowned out of it. But if you say it was refreshing, then yeah, that sounds, sounds hell of interesting. Um, there is another thing about saisons that people don't often talk about, but it's the hops. So, I mean, every beer is made of, you know, the same core things and, you know, grains and hops and water and malt. And saisons for certainly Belgian standards is quite, it's actually quite a hoppy beer. But because we're, you know, in, in the sort of, let's call it America-centric world of beer, we're quite used to all of our hops tasting like fruit and, you know, tropical pineapple or dank, you know, like piney and resiny that we don't often consider these noble hops, the ones that are from, you know, uh, uh, Czechia and from Germany and even from the UK. You know, these are really old world hops that don't add punchy flavor, but they add very sophisticated sort of spicy, herbal, sometimes floral, you know, earthy, yeah, those kinds of flavors. And for all intents and purposes, is quite a lot of hops go into a saison, supposedly because it would have helped preserve it through the long aging process and period. Um, but it's not always a feature of them. But again, it depends. You know, this is one of those it depends styles. Um, a lot of saisons feature um, hops that mirror or complement the yeast characteristics. So often you get some sort of citrusy grapefruit notes from you know, the yeast itself and the grains and the everything together. So sometimes people put in hops that complement that. And citrusy um, saisons are wonderful when you can find them. And I've I've myself had a few that people have used citra and even dry hopped it with citra. And then it comes out beautifully. And I, I think it's an important point too, like you say about sort of maybe how our experience of hops kind of changes or evolves depending on what we're used to, because when you know when they first started importing saison de pont again to to the united states people didn't know what a saison was so the the um you know the story goes and again you know is is the story true or not kind of doesn't matter but i think it's interesting that you know as as the story goes they you know people were like what is this and so to explain it to you know american drinkers they were like oh it's a hoppy farmhouse ale. So it's interesting that that's where that kind of application of the whole kind of, you know, story comes together. That's only in the late 1980s. So it's kind of interesting to see that sort of come together. And again, is the story true or not? You know, we don't know for sure, but that would have been, you know, hoppy by 80s mm -hmm. standards. And if you think, you know, what was available, like 
nobody was drinking IPAs at that point. Like they were basically a, you know, the sort of moribund style. So anything, I mean, honestly, like a Guinness might've been a hoppier beer than a lot of people had just because that they're there, um, you know, whether you notice them or not, but just sort of thinking about what was available at the time. And I think what was hoppy by kind of European standards, which was sort of what people, because no one was getting hops from American beer in, you know, 1989, like they were there, but you don't know, um, you know, pre-craft beer. So it's interesting to think that this would have been considered quite hoppy. And I do think that like, especially kind of those noble hops or whichever they are, they do make a difference. They do give this kind mm. of herbal flavor. Um, and I think you see that in a lot of saisons still today that you have kind of these more herbal hops versus your kind of more aggressive if you like yeah. yeah and look a lot of people put you, you know people change the recipes and, and they experiment as as one goes but rye is a popular grain to yeah. add into saisons and um, both in small parts or in larger quantities because it adds to the breadiness of the beer because there, there is a breadiness to it it's not a graininess or a sweetness and it's not a maltiness but it is a breadiness that often comes from the pilsner and the wheat and rye helps with that it helps with that sort of bread but it also helps because it's got a slightly more peppery slightly yeah. more spicy flavor to it and that goes really well with the yeast and with the the hops and and everything that, that's going with it but yes yeah, so rye is a nice one you, you see a lot of rye ipas around um for short well to yeah. say we see a lot of IP, a lot of saisons around is actually a stretch let's be real let's talk about yeah. this yes yeah <laughs> they're hard to find they're hard to find i feel like years ago it was easier to find one in ireland i feel like years ago i had a seaweed saison oh my goodness i had oh. a orange and coriander yeah i had I an a orange and, uh orange and coriander saison but <clears throat> they're not made as much as they used to be around here. Um, maybe more should be made. Maybe we can manifest that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't really see them that often, to be honest with you. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really see them besides the one Tandy said that is available in the grocery store. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really run into them. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the only other one I even saw kicking around, at, you know, at, again, like at Martin's where they've really, you know, gone and selected their beers was the Wide Street one. So I know they make um, one that's more on that kind of funky uh, end of the end of the spectrum. But yeah, and again, the, the Mescan one that I know exists, um, again, waiting to find the Mescan Whiplash one because I know it's out there, y'all. You're probably just going to like wait till this weekend and put it on at Fidelity when I can't go because I have too many things on. But <laughs> I, I am keeping an eye out because that sounds really, really interesting. And I, I love the idea of that collaboration. But yeah, I feel like even if I think about, um, you know, places where we lived in, in the U.S., there would be a couple of places that specialized in saisons. Now, whether or not that was your thing, I think, is another question. Mm -hmm. Like I said, some were really good and others. Yeah. But I do I do think there used to be many, many more of them about not just here, but sort of other places. And I wonder... And, and then again, there's this other part that I, I wanted to read out from the, um, you know, again, from the Oxford Companion to Beer, where they say at the end of the entry, over time, perception of Cezanne as a Belgian style may well shift to it being primarily associated with American craft brewers, just <laughs> as the British derived India pale ale style has essentially become American. Hmm. So, but I think that goes, or maybe that sort of speaks more to that idea of you can put anything in it and still call it a saison, but I feel like it's kind of maintained more rules, even though like mm. we've been saying there's to an extent kind of anything goes historically, but 
I, I feel like what you do find, you, you still kind of have an idea of what you're going to get with most saisons, even if something, it's got something else in it, it'll usually say, mm. whereas like, again, you, what is this IPA you're getting? It, it could be anything. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it throws back to last week when we were talking about Belgian styles in general, but there is that there is that sort of slightly intangible thing that you can you yeah. just know that it's Belgian by the way that it smells and tastes. I feel like saisons are the same. You just know that it's a saison, like by the way that it's got just that right amount of funk, complex, fruitiness, dryness, all the things. It doesn't have to be sour, doesn't have to be tart, doesn't have to be super brady. It just needs to be it needs to tick some of the boxes but it's all it's all those yeast flavors for me it's just the yeast that makes it yeah and i think maybe something else we should talk about is how you can you can pair a saison with basically anything food wise like it is just phenomenal for like you know putting it with cheese or you know chocolate again not just to stick to belgian things but you know those <laughs> are obviously great but i think there's it it goes with such a variety of things because i think you know the dryness can really cut through something really really heavy or you know by the same token mm. it just goes nice with something light so yeah so many options you've named like the three main food groups like we have discussed <laughs> many many times before <laughs> beer cheese and chocolate mm -hmm. exactly holy trinity love i know i know we don't need anything else in our lives right <laughs> i know it go nice with a lovely steak too so just you know I, so, I also know they're meant to go with seafood, but I don't, I don't do that. So, you know. So if I was going to a Cezanne shop, right, hmm. that only sold Cezannes, how would I know which ones were funky and which ones weren't? Or do I not know oh, until I taste that's it? That's a good question. That is a good question. Because hmm. I'm not a big fan of the funk. A little bit I can handle. Not a big fan, though. Hmm. I feel like if you see the word traditional on it, it might not be as funky um, because I think people are uh, with, with traditional as in, in air quotes, people are fairly conservative in their additions. So they won't go crazy with the hops. They won't go crazy with the, with the malt bull. They'll stick to a tried and true yeast um, and not necessarily add bread or age it in wood or do anything that will deepen it. Uh, so that might be a hint, but actually I'm not sure. What is a really good question. Well, like, yeah, and then, and of course, if it says anything breaded on it, then yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to I'm struggling to think now of like Phantom, which is again a very to me very funky saison. I'm pretty sure it says somewhere on it. Plus, it's much stronger too. I want to say that's sort of eight something ish percent. Um, but now I'm not sure if it does say that. If it's just a thing you're meant to just know, you know, like through the ether um because hmm. it's it's one of those beers that like i i'm not the biggest fan but i bought it because there's a ghost on the bottle because that's, <laughs> that's Look, how i roll you know. we have to do yep. these things that's a good reason to buy a beer lisa i would buy I one know. with a ghost on it just because it had a ghost on it as well exactly and i have to say i don't love it. it's not my favorite thing um but other people in my household do like that kind of thing so it's okay if i forget and then you know there's there's a cute ghosty that I'm like, oh, it's not for me. But that said, I'm not 100% sure that it does say that it is that funky on the on the label. So it was, it's always been a bit of a surprise, even though it shouldn't be, because I've had it, I've, I've done this like at least three times where I've been like, oh, have I had the Saison? It has a ghost on it. Like, I'm going to buy it. And then I remember I don't like it. But <laughs> <laughs> And yet, 
often I fall into the opposite trap where I buy a saison that maybe promises to be really complex and funky mm. and it, it talks about bread or it talks about mixed fermentation or it talks about all the things that might give me the hint. And then it's just a bit underwhelming. Ah, shit. Mm. <laughs> can't, maybe can't that is the other right. way you go though. It's just, if you just see mixed fermentation, it's probably mm -hmm. heading in that direction. May not mm. be, but mm. probably. Uh, but it's a really good question. And I'm trying to know, have, have there been any land and labor saisons? I know they're so busy doing all their kind of lambic and related styles. I don't know if they've... That on. is a good question. I'm pretty know. sure that I had a saison from them at last year's Wild Beer Fest. But I don't know if it was actually a lambic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not sure. But yeah. of the breweries here that, that tend to do saisons, I mean, we've spoken about Wide Street. I believe Canvas also does or mm. has done yeah. a saison yeah. before, if if it's not part of their um, their core range. Um, Don Garvin did one, right, Katie? Yeah, Don Garvin yeah. did a seaweed saison that wasn't mm -hmm. too funky, and Treaty did a saison, yeah. and I believe Heaney do a saison, don't they? Well, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I. And I'm missing out on loads here. But no, yeah, I can't look. remember who did the orange and coriander one for life. Maybe someone will tell us in the comments. People tell us, people tell me because I need to be educated in this field because I've just never really gone into it. It's yeah. like the gates open, I walk past. I like no field <laughs> of saisons. I'm okay. Yeah, it doesn't work if I Google because then it just starts to tell me the seasons in Irish. And I'm like, that is useful <laughs> for helping my daughter at school, but not <laughs> what I was looking for. So <laughs> yeah. And my God, the seasons in Irish, we are now coming up to the leaving cert season, which means the weather is good. The weather is beautiful. Yes. It's gorgeous. So my son who is doing it in a few weeks will be inside and you know, not seeing it. Studying. Beautiful. <laughs> you can be you can be guaranteed growing up as soon as the leaving cert came around, the sun would come out. Tandy, uh, is it is like South it? Africa? Yeah. Uh, well, no, because our final exams in South Africa would well, they'd be in summer because they'd be in November, December. Right. Um, but there was a there was a saying because in November, especially in Johannesburg and Pretoria, where there's lots of jacaranda trees and they're the most beautiful trees with these purple, purple flowers and they're gorgeous. But as soon as the jacaranda trees, you know, once they're blooming and, and, and you know, once they're in full bloom, it means it's too late to study. Oh. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> means you've left it too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I did see a thing on, on, uh, I think the R Ireland Reddit today saying, you know, we, we know that it's it's leaving cert season because this is, you know, the sun's come out and this is when we have sacrificed all these young people to, you know, <laughs> give the rest of us good weather. So, um, yes. So <laughs> thank you upstairs uh, where they're where they're studying going on. Uh, your sacrifice is not in vain. We've been enjoying the weather. So, yeah. And for Made those lost. who don't know what we're talking about, the leaving cert is at the end of secondary school slash high school so it's the equivalent of a levels or hjc or your high school finals i suppose mm. yeah that's what we're talking about it'd be more like acts or sats kind of almost in the u.s because like your high school finals doesn't really no? matter you've already gotten okay. into college oh, yeah okay. 
So you've already, by the time your final exams roll around, like your senior year, like your second half of your senior year, nobody really gives a shit anymore because you've already got into college. For this, this is you getting in or doing whatever you're doing next. Yeah, so um, it's it's more like an ACT or an SAT exam. It's just the last thing you do and you won't find out how you did until literally like the week before you're meant to do the thing you hoped you were going to do. So it's, it's yeah, a thing. So you, you, it's yeah, thing. you don't know what you're going to do for college until like a couple weeks before you're going to college and you see what your test scores are and what, 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 yeah. What it's crazy. Up. That is yeah. And then crazy. you may be, you may be doing some rethinking very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas like in the U.S. you do your ACTs or your SATs, maybe junior year, senior year, and you've applied your senior year and you'll know halfway through your senior year I mean maybe even earlier now I don't know what it's like but when I was in college you knew a couple of months into your senior year what school you were going to go to you applied to stuff but unless January, you, you really screwed it up yeah you'd have to yeah, like work and, it up, though. yeah yeah and like basically your second half of your senior year which is like don't fail out but it, you <laughs> wouldn't have you wouldn't really give a shit as as it were yeah, whereas Unless your here, university made you. <laughs> yeah, whereas here it all comes down to, you know, this, you know, series of high stakes exams. Doesn't matter if you were good at doing schoolwork, doing, you know, during school, Does, doesn't matter. It's only, nope. it's only it's how only good fans. are you at taking a test on the day? Exactly. Yeah. It's how good so. are you at regurgitating something and putting it yes. on a paper, yeah. you know, in, in a certain manner so that the yes. examiner will like what you've written. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're well I suppose for certain someone's it doesn't matter what your opinions are but it's really just regurgitation yeah it's not I, are you good at knowing how to find the information no. it's did you mm -hmm. memorize it all and yeah so heaven forbid you not be good at taking tests or you or you know like oh uh, yeah you're neurodiverse or mm -hmm. anything well, like that things. And hilariously, I was really good at exams and tests, but it's only because I literally crammed the night before, would possibly not sleep because that's the only time the information <laughs> would really go in. Yeah. And then I would memorize it, write the things, could could do quite well at them. And then I've never remembered a single thing I've ever written in an exam. Yeah. So, oh, my God. So just, many exams. I have yeah. crammed, crammed, crammed. It's all in there. You vomit it onto the sh onto the exam paper and, and then it's gone it's and gone. never yeah. to be never to be remembered again never to be seen again i just think like in this day and age like obviously there's certain things you need to remember and memorize but for a lot of us when I mean, you have google it's in your hand like you need to know how to analyze information figure out what's nonsense figure out like i don't know you know when people are lying or what's misinformation you know things that you see on social media that people seem to believe yeah. very easily that are very mm -hmm. untrue media literacy these sorts of things how to evaluate sources how to tell who's you know yeah. trustworthy how these all kind of things not necessarily rote memorization but that is my soapbox and i will get off it now oh yes we reform all needed opinions. here reform needed here in ireland and i think it's coming slowly but it's it slowly so everything is so slow <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get back to saisons let's we? get We've back gone. to saisons but speaking of slow, one of these, um, you know, if we're going to talk, just you know, gloss over how to brew a saison. You know, you're talking about um, you're talking about a very simple grain bowl. If you want to keep it simple, pilsner and wheat is the most common. Sometimes 50-50, sometimes you know, seventy pilsner, thirty wheat. You can you can do a bunch of things. Some people add a bit of rye. Anyway, do what you want with the grain bowl. It it'll be grand. Um, the yeast is the important one. Um, and then the hops, the complements are important, but the yeast is the one I'm going to talk about because 
when you're brewing a saison, um, it doesn't matter if you buy the best yeast in the world, you have to sort of know how it likes to be treated. And mm. saison yeasts can have different ways of developing different kinds of characteristics. Um, there's a, a common trope that um, if you ferment it at lower temperatures, it becomes more sort of um, spicy and phenolic. And if you go higher temperatures, it'll give you more fruitiness and dryness. So give you more of the esters. Not quite sure that that's the exact matchup, but what a lot of people do is do a number of steps in their mashing to be able to produce all the right proteins that be consumed by the yeast to get the right flavors for the yeast. And then there's the all important temperature at which you ferment at. And typically Saison yeast likes to be slightly on the warm side, um, but it can be very, very sluggish. So a lot of people brew Saisons and then they think it's finished because it just kind of dies after a while. And then sometimes you just need to, you know, give it a kick or a ruse to get it going again, or sometimes you just leave it and it'll pick up again on its own or raise the temperature again, you know, a degree or two, you know, don't, it's always a bit of a, a new to homebrew mistake is taking the airlock activity as signs of fermentation. Mm. Don't worry about the airlock, worry about your gravity. If you are not down at your perceived or, or hopeful final gravity, don't bother doing anything. If it's going on too long, a lot of people add in another yeast. It doesn't have to be the same variety but another yeast just to clean it up and finish it off because these yeasts can be a little bit finicky um but for those who brew at home uh, if you've got the capabilities to create a starter a nice healthy starter for your yeast um, which is you know just a baby fermentation that goes into a big fermentation do that because that always helps lots of yeast nutrients pay attention to the temperatures that's the biggest ones and then the next the next um two tips are experiment with aging because i think that it is really nice to do almost if you can to do a vertical tasting or something where you've got a bit of a young one same recipe and a much older one you know an aged one of the same recipe to see you know where it tastes the best you'll drink them all anyway but you know it's a nice experiment um, and the last one is as much as you do see saisons on tap sometimes they're far more traditionally bottle conditioned and, you, you know, part of the style is to be, to have that little bit of yeast in it. The, the characteristics that the bottle conditioning gives it is not just carbonation. It's that extra little bit of yeast characteristics that come through. I think it's quite important, but if you want to split test it and do a keg and do some bottle conditioned bottles, do that. That's always good fun um, to play around with. And remember to go high on your carbonation. Nothing worse than a flat saison. Oh, no, no, we don't want that. Mm. No, that's up mm. there with lotion. No, yeah. flat lotion, <laughs> no. There is, there is no. though, there's something about the carbonation. It just, it makes it really bright. And, yeah. you know, it's just very refreshing and it should be dry and easy to drink and refreshing. Although, you know, the ABV range is enormous. You know, some people do sort of four or 5%, which is, you know, by island terms, that's a decent pint of beer. Some people go all the way up to 10%. I mean, I've made yeah. one at seven and a half percent before. It was, uh, it was delicious, <laughs> but it was not intended to be that high. <laughs> but it was really good, <laughs> and it had like champagne bubbles. It was so nice, um, very interesting. But yeah, 
Saisons are lovely. I often find that when I brew them, um, I want them to be a certain way and they don't quite ever end up there. So these are all things that I'm learning myself is, you know, how to treat these yeasts and how to get the temperatures right and stuff. But yeah, Saisons are cool. Try them at least once. Here, here. And now it looks like there's a couple more out, at least locally. So exciting times. Yeah. So. And I mean, it's it's summer, so we should start to see a few more coming out. If people are following uh, air-quoted traditional brewing schedules, we should start to see a few more now between middle of summer to end of summer and into early autumn. So hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we see a few. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we could go I'm right from... Yeah, says on to Oktoberfest season. But yeah, sorry, go go ahead, Katie. Yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say I might even hop on the Saison bandwagon if I find one or two that I yeah that I like. I don't know. Might when be good for cans in the park, maybe. Just just saying, it might be lovely for cans in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or when is Underdog opening up again? Is it open? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. I think it's gonna be okay. mid-June. Okay. I think. We will again, see. there should be at least the one on at Fidelity. I bet they're going to have either some, you know, some, uh, I think it's in cans, the one they've done uh, with Meskin, um, either in there in the cans or I bet they'll have a keg. You know, just maybe keep an eye out for that. But uh, feel it I, in I your waters, can you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, I think it could be good for cans in the park because it, again, it is refreshing. So. Or, or, you know, because I feel like bottles in the park is harder because then you need to go and, you know, carry them away and that can be heavy. But cans, take that home, recycle. So we'll think on it. We will think on it. All right, friends. Any last thoughts on saisons? Any favorites uh, or any kinds that you'd like to try if you haven't already? I mean, Katie, we've just got to start you on on some, you know, baby steps. (laughs) Baby steps, exactly. Maybe I, I might try your your Saison 101 there. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I quite like it, yeah. Mm. It is. It's got, it's got all the right things without being overwhelming. So give it a shot. Yeah, we have the yeah. weather. Mm. I'll sit exactly. at the back. Try it mm. some evening. <laughs> Indeed. All right, friends. Well, if there's no other saison thoughts, then let's call it there. Um, and to everybody listening at home, thank you so much for joining us as usual. Um, you can find all of our details everywhere. BeerLadiesPodcast.com has everything you need, including where you can buy some merch um, or buy some pint um, or, you know, look at all the rest of the episodes and go back and listen to all of your favorites. And yeah, we'll, we'll be building up to our summer break soon. So Maybe we'll start sharing some of the older episodes during summer break. So catch you all up. We've got loads. All right. Thanks, friends. And thank you to everybody listening at home. We will see you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 